A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Ted Lasso Podcast, where the lore hounds your pundits for the Premier League. I'm John. And I'm David, and this is our coverage for Season 3 of the Apple TV Plus original series, Ted Lasso. In this podcast, we'll be sharing our favorite laugh-out-loud moments before breaking down the three main storylines of Episode 9, La Locker Room Alpha, whatever that is pronounced in <laughs> French. <laughs> good, Good attempt, good attempt. Well, you know what? Maybe Richard will write in, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe him and his hairy ass will show up. <laughs> they were beating on him today. I don't know what was going on. They he's were. A lot of, he's a punching bag. He's the hairiest right. punching bag in town. Be sure to stick around to the end of the podcast for programming notes about our podcasting schedule for the rest of May. Quick housekeeping for early access to ad-free episodes and exclusive content. Visit patreon.com slash lorehounds. We're actually working on a subscription drive for our one-year anniversary, and we're going to have more details about new benefits and a thank you gift that I'm working on designing right now at the end of the podcast. Also, if you'd like to give us a leg up and you're enjoying our content, leave us a review and or rating. I just like to say and or, which is shut down in production, sadly, on Apple Podcasts. Ratings help our standings and give John and I warm fuzzies. They really do. I was looking over our reviews today, all of them, and it's really phenomenal. So thank you all very much. And please leave us a rating and a review. Yes, thank you. A quick reminder that for this season of Ted Lasso, we're doing a short form recap. But to make these podcasts a little more fun, we're asking for your help to break down these episodes. Send in your favorite laugh out loud moments as well as comments on any of the plot lines we haven't covered. Send in emails to lorehounds at thelorehounds.com or head over to our website. And there you can either use our voicemail feature or the contact form. Also, you can post a message in our Discord server and we can include those as well. Links for all of those things are in the show notes. Cool. John. David. Yes, please. I'm doing this first. I'm taking control. <laughs> I'm Sab Obis- Obisanya taking right. over the team. Oh, you're the after, captain. Uh, can I give you a little? Red-carded. Can I get a? <laughs> I can't give you a little middle finger. <laughs> that uh, is my laugh out loud moment, by the way. Oh, but good. anyway, we'll get there. Well, what's your hot take on the episode? My hot take is that uh, I really love this episode. I was um, on the verge of tears multiple times on my second watch. Um, the show is interesting. I was thinking about this a little bit because there's definitely some comments and pushback in the punditry and in other places about, well, what about this storyline? And what about that storyline? And I think we've been trained rightly in some ways, you know, from things like Andor or Breaking Bad or Mad Men or whatever, or not even Mad Men, but uh, other shows where we have a really consistent and clear, strong storyline where episodes are following through and picking up all the details. And what I I got to I got for myself last night was that if I just 
loosen that up a little bit. Go back to more episodic television where you might have a, a major overall narrative arc, but each individual episode is very loose within that. I got that. When I got that, I was like, oh, okay, all of this is, is pretty fine. They're dropping little things, but we don't have to have every single episode train car up to the previous one. And we can really spend time with our with the characters and the things that the different things that they're going through. So that loosening that up just sort of de-stressed my attitude about the storyline. That said, I, I never would have predicted where the season would have gone. Um, and I think what's really interesting is that they've they're tackling a number of major social issues, either yes. directly or yes. indirectly. They're doing it with this amazing love and compassion that I didn't think was possible in a television show. I mean, the stuff with Rebecca, it's a little bit more indirect in her girl bossness, you know, where she can be this really strong woman who can, uh, you know, talk straight to people and help them straighten them up and figure out what they need to do for themselves. Well, at the same time, not giving up her power in any way and not right. being a. A, you know, just a, a full human being, uh, a full woman, and then in all of all the aspects that she's um, dealing with. So that's a little bit more indirect where we're dealt with racism in a very direct way. We're dealing with uh, LGBTQ uh, issues in a direct way. And but all of it is just with this love and compassion and I don't know, barbecue sauce. It's just like all barbecue sauce, and I'm, it's all I'm barbecue loving it. sauce. We can't get yeah. a clean cut of that sound. I tried to do it for last episode, but yeah, yeah. Maybe next barbecue season. Sauce. Oh, no, wait, there's no more seasons. Uh, right. <laughs> what about you? Yeah. So I think this might have been my favorite episode all season, and I might have really? said that last episode too. So it's, it's okay. getting better for me. You know, right. I'm just, I'm enjoying it more every episode. I see you, this. You're just falling in love too. with Jade and Nate. Okay. I like Jade. <laughs> I like Jade. Uh, just I, not Nate have sworn off Nate forever. There is no redemption for Nate. I will stand by this. I will have this unpopular opinion if it becomes unpopular. I do not care. But anyway, <laughs> back to the episode. Uh, I think that this show has proven itself to yeah. be an after-school show for adults. <laughs> Very, you know, I, I like your analogy. Apt analogy. You go here, you watch a little story, and it teaches you something about how to be kind. Right, yeah. And nice. that's great. And it doesn't need to be anything more than that. And I love that it's not preachy. And I love that the characters aren't perfect. Mm -hmm. You can see yourself in the characters. You can see your flaws in the characters. You can see your strengths in the characters. And uh, especially, you know, we'll talk about it later. But, you know, Ted flubbing the press conference. Right. No, not the press conference. T Ted flubbing his speech, right? Uh, Ted... Ted sort of going, yeah, that was a weird analogy, wasn't it? Okay, let me let me try this a second way. That's really great because, you know, we, we know Ted for his, you know, inspiring talks and inspiring uh, little monologues of the team. Right. And then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, that was a weird football analogy, wasn't it? And uh, and I, I love to. He's like, he's like, I, I use an American football analogy in England. That's a fumble. Yeah, yeah. Right. He, he uses he doubles down on the football analogy. Right. right. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I just love the show. I see the punditry i think it's a, all a little bit you know high-minded like nonsense i think that people want it to be something it isn't like you're saying they want yeah. it to be yeah you know this this big broad story and i think you're right this is moments in a team's history that all yeah. lead to something that is total football which is bonds between the players which is a true Being authentic yourself right right yeah. true set of friendships and and i think that's right exactly what you just said especially this episode i think they're doubling down on that theme that we identified early in the episode early in the season which is you are your best self when you're being yourself mm -hmm. just be true to thyself mm. get out of your and own way man as rebecca says to roy right rebecca also says time for rebecca be, to be rebecca mm -hmm. absolutely right? yeah yeah. Uh, and Colin playing the best game of his life after he is honest with his teammates and his friends. Right. Exactly. I think that's great. I think that we're seeing the themes really carry through. And as long as the big themes are carrying through and as long as we walk away going, huh, I did learn something today. I think that this show is doing its job. And that's where last night I jumped on uh, our Discord and the Bald Move Discord and I was chatting with a whole bunch of people because I'm going to be really sad when this is over because this yeah. is the dose of wholesome goodness and moral boosting that I need 
in my week because the, the news yeah. is just depressing in so many areas. And I'm actually trying to reduce the amount of news that I'm intaking I've been because there. it is. I've been it, there. It's really rough. And um, this show just every week gives me that that little hug for my heart that makes me feel good. And I don't care that the story where this storyline is or that storyline is or why they didn't follow through on this or that. As long as these characters are dealing, like you said, authentically and 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 uh, having these emotional moments and having these little breakthroughs and insights and these little fun moments and these little downs that then you know work themselves out in some way, that's what I need the show to be, um, mm. especially right now. And so, yeah, I'm going to be really bummed when this when the season is over. In the words of Roy Kent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, very, very well put, sir. Thank very you. well put. Thank you. <laughs> a grunt of approval. Yes. Uh, so why don't we get to our laugh Whistle. out loud moments, David? Uh, before we get to that, I do have a quick little piece of information. Oh. Uh, I did a little uh, dive onto La Caja Fall, which okay. is Cage of the Mad Woman is what that means in French. Mm. It's originally a 1973 French play, and it's a farce about what happens when the son of a gay nightclub owner brings his fiance and his fiance's ultra-conservative parents over for dinner. <laughs> yeah, see, hilarity okay. ensues. <laughs> All right. So then there were multiple film versions, mostly Italian. I think there were three Italian uh, films. There was a one, two, and a three. And then it went on uh, stage on Broadway, and then that I think that's really where it became its, the global phenomena uh, that we know it to be now. One of the things that was really important about the stage production, especially, it was a play and then a musical. And I, I should uh, correct myself there. And it was the musical that really is the thing that uh, okay. uh, blew it up to be this cultural phenomenon. And one of the things about all of it, all its incarnations, is that it centers its story on a gay couple. And a gay mm. couple being a gay couple, not being anything to anybody else. They're doing their thing. They're running their right. nightclub. They're doing the drag shows. They're doing their thing. And then this thing happens that, you know, uh, this circumstance happens. And then it's all about uh, all of the things that ensue from that. But right. the entire the story is centered on this couple mm. um, and not as a not not two dimensional cutout characters in somebody else's story. And so by bringing that forward, it's one of the first uh, big productions and, you know, multiple types of productions to really do that and then to have a lot of fun with it and, and to really go, go to town with it. The final song that plays in this episode is a song that says, I am what I am. Uh, and one of the lines is, you know, uh, I am what I am. I need no excuses. And so... Hmm. Why are they always choose, singing about potatoes, sweet potatoes? <laughs> to choose this as the the episode title, and then to use the music for at, at the you know bookending the music, really centers the story on this issue of LGBTQ people in sports in a place where we really have a lot of work to do right. to unravel the homophobia and fear and, and all that stuff. Anyway, we're going to get into that later when we get into our, our things. So I just wanted to touch something really quick on Lakasha Fault. That sounds um, great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. The other thing I wanted to, do you have a take uh, on uh, Joe Walsh versus Jimmy Page? I had to look up who Joe Walsh is. Uh-huh. And I, of course, know who Jimmy Page is. So right. Jimmy Page wins for me. Okay. Me too. Uh, just because okay. I've listened to so much Joe Walsh. I think Joe Walsh is a behind the scenes guy more mm-hmm. than he was on the front. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Page was like a whole personality. Also yeah. did a lot of messed up things. Let sure. me just make that clear. <laughs> Go to his Wikipedia if you want more on that. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I love Led Zeppelin. I used to, yeah. when I used to close coffee shops, I used to, when I used to mop, I used to put on like Led Zeppelin four and just blast it. Yeah. Absolutely. Great guitar player. Yeah. Who, who needs more? All right. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's get into our uh, laugh out loud moments. Uh, you asked me, so what mine was was Sam flipping off Jamie. I love the <laughs> little um, Jamie. You know, they're they're sort of mouthing the words. Oh, you oh you want this? Oh yeah. Can you give that to me? And then and then Sam's just big smile, flipping the bird, had me busting a gut, and it was so sweet. And then when Sam couldn't come up with the words and then Jamie, you know, falls through, follows through on the, on the chant for the team. 
it was just a really beautiful moment. But Sam's yeah. like a little mischievous fu was it was yep. absolutely just absolutely tickled me pink. What about you? Mine was definitely, and we've already basically talked about this, but the uh, the beard press conference, <laughs> just him <laughs> screaming at everybody. <laughs> and uh, Stairway to Heaven is a glorified fingering exercise. Just that was hilarious. Damn, yeah, damn. He was he was very aggressive. The writers and yeah, I think they the writers are having a lot of fun with this type of yes, stuff. They aren't they? So, yes, they are. So yes, they are. I love Beard. I feel like Beard is is probably where the writers put a lot of their opinions, just right. to be stated mm-hmm. as fact. Did and, you see uh, uh did yeah. you see Alicia's tweet today? No. Uh Alicia uh who's on uh who's on our Discord and and on a uh, contributor to a bunch of our podcasts. She posted a uh rundown on Twitter today of what if Ted Lasso characters were Star Wars characters. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, I did and see she that. called Beard Yoda. And I was like, "Well, yeah, but does he really have that high council position?" And she's like, "Nah, but he's this weird little furry dude that's always spouting these little, you know, spouting off with these little He's got you know, wisdom and mischief. Wisdom. I see it. I see exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. So. All right. Well, very cool, David. I think we've got to get into the full episode now. We're doing this a little differently from previous episodes. Yep. We've been doing our top 3 moments this episode was just so straightforward with the plot lines. We thought it would be better to break it down by character group. Yeah. And so that's good. what we're going to do. We're going to do one on Roy and Rebecca, one on Nate, Jade and Rupert, and one on Colin and Isaac. The The storylines in this one were so clear and unambiguous yes, that it, they were it, tight. And they were they really it makes more sense to talk about the characters this way. Exactly. So let's begin with Roy and Rebecca. After getting Beard to replace him in a press conference, Roy is dressed down by Rebecca who tells him to stop running away from things when they become serious and not easy. Later in the episode, he gives advice to Isaac on how to deal with his anger and gives earnest answers to the press after Richmond's win. David, did you love new Trent? We finally got a a replacement for Trent (laughs) here. That was, that was a competitor for my laugh out loud moment. It was good. It was good. Yeah. I like you better than old Trent. Yeah. It was really nice. Um, I noticed something on my rewatch that right at the top of the episode, when Roy, Coach, and uh, Ted and and uh, Coach Beard are all watching the play, mm-hmm. Roy talks about um, getting unstuck from his ways and about you know the 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 radical shift to total football. So right at the beginning of the episode, they tell us what's going one of the major things that's going to be happening, and then the next thing that happens is uh, Isaac you know scores that goal. So, uh, right. It was kind of a cool thing to see. They, they put it right there out in front of us and Hey, you know, we're, we're going to be dealing with some things here. And so having the whole thing with Roy was just such a, it was a, such a lovely plot line, uh, both Roy and Rebecca. It's hard to un, un, um, unentangle them in the, in this, but they do both each have their own moments. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I think, uh, I, I don't know. I saw Alan Seppenwall take issue with, was Roy actually struggling with that? I was like, yeah, uh, you know, the whole running away from Keeley the minute that she's mm-hmm. busy. Right. You know, he had to work on the relationship. She wanted to work on the relationship, it seemed like. And he was like, nah, I'm just uh, I'm just done. I'm just going to go do my own thing. Right. I'm surprised he didn't end up with the uh, the kindergarten teacher. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they, yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, no comments. Um, the question for me, though, is, is what does Roy really want? And what do we see for Roy? I got head coach yes. vibes going yes. on with that. I think we're going there. Which I is think. kind of counter to some of the speculation that we got last episode from some feedback, which was... Nate coming back to uh, Richmond. <laughs> Woo. That's how <laughs> I feel about that. What was the Ted? What was Ted's fart song? <laughs> that was so bizarre. This. That was so bizarre. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I don't want Nate to be head coach because I don't think I don't think they may, have made it make sense. I mean, there's three episodes left. Yeah, the team still reviles Nate, mm-hmm. and their whole thing is trusting each other. And right. loving each other and being right. able to be open and honest with each other. Nate has been the opposite to them. He comes in that ruins total football. The whole strategy has gone. Right. Yeah. I do, I, I'm having trouble seeing Nate coming back to Richmond at all at this point. But even, that even said, if, yeah, go ahead. Even if you don't hate Nate, right. I don't think it makes sense for him to come back. 
Not right now. They haven't laid enough track work for that to happen yet. And I, I don't think they have enough airtime left to lay Mm-mm. that track. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's even with the longer episodes, I don't think they can, they can do it. Yeah. Um, the, when Rebecca was giving him that bollocking, I was, it was so moving. <laughs> like she made me cry. I was yeah. like on the verge of tears today, listening to her, giving him the straight talk that he needed. And I just, I am so enamored with Rebecca. I think she's yeah. just a marvelous person and a marvelous character. Be a great boss to work for in a lot of ways. So uh, when she was giving it to, to Roy, I was like, wow, this yeah. is amazing. Well, she's grown a lot over the last couple of seasons. I mean, you know, season one, she's focused on revenge. Yeah. By the beginning of this season, she just is focused on beating Rupert. Now, I think she's kind of let go of it. I think she's kind of yeah. just doing her own thing, which is great. She's finally being Rebecca and not being Rupert's ex-wife. Yes, absolutely. And we got to see what happens with her whole being a family thing. Is is her family AFC Richmond? Could be. Could be. Could be. Um, Maybe. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to see the Flying Dutchman again. No, no, I think he's he's out. I think that was just, you know, a little, little Band-Aid for the heart. A little, yeah. little tea for the soul. So yeah. uh, I did note that Roy at the press conference was very much doing the Ted Lasso way by telling that story. Yes, he was. Uh, he was and I think, yeah. but he was also doing it in a Roy Kent way by saying, very. you know, what a stupid fucking question. Just, you know, <laughs> he just opens up so aggressive and then yeah. he just really like gets down to it and says, you know, I, I messed up. Here's a way I messed up. Mm. And uh, and something happened to somebody else because nobody else understood. Mm-hmm. So don't assume that you know something about everybody else. I mean that that's perfect. I think he did a really great job with that press conference. And you look you look in the back, and Rebecca's like beaming because she's she's like, oh, we finally did it, my son. And Keely's heart was melting. Uh, yes. I rewatched that scene, and she was blown away by what he yeah. was saying and how he was saying it. And like when his con- when he was talking to Isaac. How he was being, I'm not here uh-huh. to yell at you, man. I, I'm here to talk to you and listen to you. And like, we're going to figure this out together. Yeah. Like, woo, man, I'm getting feels just even from that. And of course, Will the kit man. <laughs> back over there. That was great. Don't it was push really it. Good. <laughs> uh, I have to stop doing Roy Ken expressions or, or impressions. Your or voice I'm gonna is going to start. Uh, I'm going to lose my voice. I'm going to start coughing. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay for now. Good. The, uh, the line last episode where Roy was really weird about Keely sending the the uh you know sexy video to somebody mm, right i yeah. wish that yeah. was not in there because if it wasn't i would assume that roy and keely are getting back together this season mm, but right. now i think that they might be seating keely and jamie okay but they they yeah they they hinted at it or a couple of episodes ago yeah but well, they, they haven't done much jamie more. professing his love for keely last season why why True, did that happen yeah. if it's not gonna go anywhere yeah. Well, again, I'm not I'm not expecting too much from the show in terms of connecting those kinds of details from episode to episode. Or so maybe Keely realizes she can just date herself. You know, what, she does, can just be herself. What about that? Like, what about that for a possibility? Does she need uh, to have a relationship in right. to be who Keely is? She um, hopped from Jamie to Roy to Jack, and I yeah. don't think she's really been single very long in any right. of those periods. So, you know, let Keely be Keely and, and do what she wants to do. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's fair. We don't always need everybody to ship in these TV shows, right? It's it's no, okay. We, we need everyone shipped. Everyone <laughs> needs to have a marriage by the end what's, of the TV show. What's your favorite show? What's your, your trash TV is a 90-day fiancé or oh, something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they spend every single season saying, I don't even know if we're going to get married. And like every single person gets married by gets the end married. of the season. Right. <laughs> and uh, so, yes, yes. So I'm trained to expect everyone to get right. together by the end of the season. Exactly. So let's move on to the next plot line. Nate, Sounds good. Jade, and Rupert. Oh, Jade man. Surprises Nate at work with Taste of Athens takeout. She's introduced to Rupert, who tries his charm on her unsuccessfully. Rupert invites Nate on a boys' night after the game, but when Nate arrives, Rupert greets him with two sex workers and attempts to bring him to a private room. Nate makes up an excuse and goes to Jade's place. David, uh, I'm going to get your take yeah. on this before I sounds good. Yell about it. Um, first, I love um, Jade. You know, like Rupert was doing the whole force thing. Like these aren't the droids you're looking for, and she was like, "I'm not having it, dude." <laughs> 
you mm-hmm. are you're not getting past this uh she her the she went from she had this great joyous expression on her face being with yeah. Nate and then slowly the wall descended and she just became this iron you know she became flat. the hostess again oh man it was so good i yeah. loved seeing that um and i was just creeped out by rupert i was really nervous I'm really nervous that he's going to pull some immigration thing because they brought up the whole thing of, you know, where she's from. Um, I loved, uh, uh, well, I've got some other jokes about, you know, that Jade threw in there. For me, the ending scene when Nate goes back to her apartment and it's not a, it's not a kiss. It's not like, Hey, I got a free night. So let's go, you know, whatever. He just needed a hug and she was there for him. And it really melted me, and I I really am very happy for these two, for this couple, and I'm really scared. I'm really really scared about what Rupert's going to do, and I'm I'm hoping that Nate can pass the test because uh, even if that means his job, um, Jade is someone that accepts him and wants to be with him, and I really really want them to work out for themselves, you know, to be healed and to be whole with each other. So I'm super nervous. <laughs> you've got this look in your eye like you're about to unload on <laughs> all right on you know what suspecting nate nate did not act terribly this episode Ooh, I give him that's a huge points. okay i give him zero no points for not cheating on his partner mm-hmm. that's the baseline that's guys. huge that was that's huge. the baseline you don't have to you don't get points for not doing something terrible every day i don't kill someone do i get an award <laughs> Yeah, but you don't have somebody. You don't have somebody who has the power over your career, uh, trying to entice you to commit murder. Mm, okay, so, all right, that's a fair point. Yeah, and I reject it. <laughs> uh, I have noticed <laughs> again this episode. Around. This episode, Nate has asked zero questions about Jade except oh, how'd you get off this work? again. Well, I okay. just I I listen. I think Nate. I think Jade likes Nate. I uh-huh. don't think Nate even knows who Jade is because he's such a freaking narcissist. We just gotta take a breath. It's okay. He's you can you're you're entitled to your opinion. Nate, Nate's <laughs> whole life revolves around his insecurity and his need to make other people see him as a great guy. And he Jade. he 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 went through a journey today in that in the, today in this episode where he actually when he realized what was going down. He looked Rupert in the eye and said, look, sorry, I I can't be here. I can't do this. And he went back. And I think he's terrified now that something's going to happen to his career. And it was a big moment for him. And and that's why he just needed a hug from, you know, this person that loves him and trusts him. That was a huge measure of trust. That was a huge, huge uh, coming about for him, I think. Hmm. Do you think he told her what happened? I think so. I think he would. Hmm. Or he would say, yeah, Rupert, uh, you know, something. Yeah, I think he might have. I think he might have. Okay. All right. So I did think that it was going to come out what happened with Ted when he said, well, I owe Rupert a lot. Uh Uh-huh. Right? I thought that that was going to lead into like, how did did you get here, you know, and have that conversation. But I was uh, cheated of that moment. I really wanted him (laughs) to have to admit that he violated someone's trust so intimately that it caused a panic attack. Do you have any sense of I mean I know we're not trying to 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 lock up the the episodes in in a strict linear format, but are you nervous at all for regardless of how you're feeling about Nate in terms of that character is is the axe about to fall from Rupert onto Nate uh, here? I don't think so. I think that Rupert would rather win mm-hmm. than be petty on that. I I think he's petty, but I think he also knows the where someone's useful i mm-hmm. think that their personal relationship is over he's never okay. going to invite nate over again he's never going to you know try to bond with him again but right. i don't think he's going to fire him from his job because he's you know he's doing a great job like they are even though he Number is being one. darth vader yeah. about it they're winning every game right as long as okay so i get it so as long as nate doesn't lose yeah he won't get fired the moment that he becomes a kind of a liability uh, then i think maybe he's gone if he i think Two ways. One, he goes on a losing streak or, mm-hmm. or a non-winning streak, you know, tie streak. Right. Or two, he loses once to Richmond. Mm-hmm. He's out. Right. He's out if he loses to Richmond, I think. Big time. Big time. 
Because that'll embarrass Rupert in Rupert's eyes. Yes, absolutely. And the last thing that Rupert wants to be seen as is uh, inferior or losing or, or losing face in front of especially Rebecca and especially right. Richmond. He still wants to win that breakup. Right. And, the, you know, they Rebecca was able to steal. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Z- uh, Zava. Yeah. Zava. Yes. I was trying to think Zava. Well, that was funny I, how he was like the main plot of the yeah, first few right? episodes and, then and now he's, he's gone. gone now. Yeah. Um, you know, so Rebecca was able to steal. So, yeah, he's got a lot of grudges to to yet to hold on to. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that's good for that group. Why don't we move on to Colin and Isaac? After discovering Oof. Colin's sexuality, Isaac is being cold and distant to Colin, who tries to feel out their relationship. Colin misses a goal, and Isaac lashes out at him. When a belligerent fan calls him an F-slur, Isaac physically assaults the man and gets kicked out of the game. The team assumes Isaac is gay and accepts it, but Colin corrects them and comes out to the team. The team says they don't care, but Ted tells them they do care and that he doesn't have to deal with it alone anymore. Isaac goes to Colin's house and asks why Colin thought he couldn't tell him. Colin reassures him of their friendship, and the two have a boys' night in. I'm going to claim some internet points here, David. Okay. What did I say last week? I said Isaac's going to be mad because of the lie, uh, because of concealing it, not because he's gay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. and claiming him. Great. Take him. Here you go. Whoosh. Um, the look on Isaac's face, on the actor's face when he was at Colin's door. And he's like, what What was it, man, that you couldn't... What, bruv. Yeah. Bruv. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wh- what was it that about me that you couldn't trust me with that information? He was so hurt and confused by it. And Colin yeah. was like, dude, it's not about you. <laughs> it's about me protecting myself. Right. In this really... You and know, the fact and that he know. can't keep a secret. Right. (laughs) So it is a little you. It is a little bit. Yeah. Did you notice the mirror at the beginning when they're in the locker room and not, sorry, not the locker room, but the workout room and Rebecca comes in to yell at Roy, which was nobody yells at Roy like that. Yes. Um, And he says, yeah, and he turns around and he says, none of you spoke up for me. You all know that I don't have a hairy ass. Right. But none of you, you said anything. And then Isaac acknowledges their cowardice. Yeah. And that was real cowardice. Who cares if she's like, no, no, no. But get the point that that mirrors Colin's experience. Uh, None of us spoke up for you. None of us know. We all know the truth about this thing. And none of us spoke up. None of us, we were cowards in the face of, you know, of, of our fear. And now, granted, Colin, you know, n- nobody knew that Colin was gay. Right. But it, it's setting up that, that the little dynamic of, hey, we, you, we are together. We are with you. We're a team. We've right. got you. And we're going to speak up for you. And we're going to stand with you now. Right. And we're so. going to attack our fans for you. <laughs> Not cool. But, Not cool, but, but I, cool. I get it. And yeah. I, I think I think uh, Roy did a great job explaining it. You know, his reason for it is his own business. Mm-hmm. How he did it wasn't good, but why he did it was good. Right? Yeah, yeah. really, really amazing. Um, this whole thing too that we're 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 dealing with with um, being gay in especially a, a male dominated sport mm-hmm. like football. Uh, is kind of a a big deal, and I think that the show, uh, the writers have been playing with this for a while now. This whole thing of be curious, not judgmental, aka barbecue sauce, um, which actually turns out not to be a Walt Whitman quote, according to Snopes. I was re- doing some uh, really googling today. Yeah, yeah. So there's everyone a whole thinks it's Walt Whitman, and it's not. Everyone What's thinks a from? lot. Walt <laughs> Walt Whitman said a lot of things that he hasn't said, so okay. it's pretty hilarious. Um, but it goes even further. I was doing some internet reading, and and uh, I I stumbled on on this quote, and I'm taking it out of a, a larger context, uh, and I recognize that I read the whole speech. Dr. King uh, made a speech in 1962 to address Cornell College. And there's this one line which gets pulled out quite a lot, and I'm pulling it out as well to connect it to this. But I recognize that this was in a larger context of of racial equality and the civil rights movement and what the United States was going through in 1962. 
but I think this is a salient uh, uh, quotation here. Dr. King says, I'm convinced that men hate each other because they fear each other. They fear each other because they don't know each other. And they don't know each other because they don't communicate with each other. And they don't right. communicate with each other because they're separate from each other. Hmm. So now, again, that's a part of a larger speech. And I read the whole speech today. Um, and, you know, to make sure that I, I wasn't uh, misattributing the, this quote. But I think it's really in line with what they've done with the show. And it goes back to the be curious, not judgmental quote from Ted, which is, and then, and, and Isaac does this when he, when, when Colin invites him in there, he's like, Hey, I, I don't know anything about what it is to be gay. Right. I don't know like what, what, what are these things? And so they have that hilarious right, conversation right. and the thing, and that's being curious, right? Like, what is your way of life? I, I can, I, I don't have to do what you do or, or understand it in all its ways, but you know, the way that I can get to know you better and understand it is to be curious. Yes, I think that's right. Especially that that boys' night at the end. I think that was really wholesome. Uh, I loved Isaac guessing the most fit member of the team. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, and any college reaction? Yes. <laughs> well, uh, that's why Isaac is a captain because he has this penetrating insight, right? Yeah. You uh, know, did the, I just say that? that that's <laughs> anyway, I want to ask a, about right. Do you think Isaac is the right captain for the team, or do you think Sam would make a better captain? Um, I think Isaac is great because he has that force of character. He's a tornado, you know, he's a force of nature. Uh-huh. Whereas Sam is so lovely and jubbly and good-natured and and uh I you know, and, and Jamie had to like finish off the right. the the go team chant for him cuz Sam was just so, "Oh boy, I you know, yeah. I love you guys," you know. So no, I don't think Sam's necessarily uh, the right captain. I mean, okay. I think uh, on a lot of football squads, you have a co-captain. Okay. So, you know, uh, Sam might be there, might be there in some day. I mean, he's still very early on. Maybe he career. is the co-captain, right? Because mm, what, is that so. is co-captain like second place? Because it seems like he was automatically captain when. No, uh, well, but Isaac, Isaac tossed him the, the armband. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. yeah. Which is know, why, I, yeah. Where Jamie think, was like, give that to me. That's why Sam flipped him off. I think Jamie. I think Jamie would actually be a pretty good captain, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe yeah. maybe Isaac will retire because he's just done, and and Jamie will say, "Well, I'm ready for my ready for my manta." You know? <laughs> it's a poopy. <laughs> I'm ready to be a leader. Me. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, really great way for Ted to bring it around and and tell the story of the Denver Broncos and the fact that we do care. You know. Yes. Yes. That was a great way to put that too. Right. Mm -hmm. Is yeah, I mean, I, I think that a lot of people say, like, you know, the the things about you that might be different and that might, uh, you know, cause discrimination in some circles, I don't care about that. They think that that's a reaffirming thing. But I think mm -hmm. Ted's right, which is mm -hmm. that's a part of the whole person they are. Mm -hmm. And we do see that and we love you for it. We mm -hmm. are not ignoring it. We are bringing it into our understanding of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, so that was and we, you don't, if, if there's something that is, uh, if there's a sociological phenomena that is, is making you live your life difficult, you don't have to be alone because we're here right. and we can support you and understand you. And, right. um, uh, we're not gonna ignore. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a weird you know, blind turning a blind eye to this, yeah, thing that I'm not right. understanding or, and I think it's that's kind of saying it's kind of saying I'm going to pretend you're like me. Yes, yes. Very instead good of I'm going to see you and accept you as you. Right. And Isaac goes and and starts asking questions. He's being curious. Right. I don't know anything about your lifestyle. Uh, no, like, well, I don't know. Not, I want to say lifestyle in the way that you uh, express and live your life in in terms of that regard. I, um, I kind of don't buy that he didn't know what top and bottom meant. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, well. Anyway. Okay, fine, fine. Yeah, for the joke, I'll, I'll accept it. Well, and that was for, for a wider audience, too, maybe. Even a much yeah. wider audience, so. Unless you have bunk beds, then it's both. <laughs> that, that was good. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was great. Colin's great, so. And just, right. I, I just want to highlight the last really great thing of this is just the idea that Colin freed from having to yes. hide himself goes from being on the bench to being a star player. Yep. 
And there is a, yeah, the whole comment that um, Roy has with the new trend about, yeah, you know, I agree. Yeah, yeah. we have been, we, we haven't been playing Colin um, the way he can could be played and to be such a, a great goal scorer for us. Well, in fairness to the coach, he hasn't been playing well, right? Like he has not True, been playing as well as he should have because he right. was hiding that. Right. And now that he is playing well, I think that now we, we can see why he ended up as a Premier League player. Right, right. Yeah, the talent has been there. He's just been um, with holding back a little bit because of this right. larger issue that he's dealing with. So, Right. All right, David, why don't we take a quick break? And when we get back, we will get into feedback. And we're back. David, can you read some feedback for us? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, just a quick reminder, you can send feedback to lorehounds at thelorehounds.com. Visit us on our website or uh, over in the Discord. If you've got some comments in there that are, are a little bit uh, substantial, I'll try to uh, grab those every once in a while. So first up is Dan in Manchester, who wrote us an email. Uh, kind of a long one, too. And it's, a, a really, it's very relevant to our, our previous conversation. Dan says, uh, great episode once again. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I'd also like to let you know about some of the real-world context regarding Colin's story that I think has been done excellently and very true to life. It makes sense why Colin would be so apprehensive about coming out for further football-related issues rather than just general reasons for every gay person's faces. Despite there being, uh, at the very least, 2,500 professional footballers in the top four leagues of men's English football alone— there's just a single openly gay professional footballer, Jack Daniels of Blackpool. Given around 3.4% of the population is said to identify as LGBTQ plus in the UK, according to the most recent national statistics, it would be a huge statistical anomaly if there were only one gay footballer. And the likely scenario is that there are more. It's just that none of them have decided to come out. In fact, after Daniels, there are only five more openly gay footballers in the whole of football. Uh, he goes on to list the um, uh, various players. There's not even too many men who come out as gay following their retirement. The most notable examples are uh, Robbie Rogers, an American player, German international player Thomas Hiltzberger, uh, who, like Trent, was in a long-term relationship with a woman before coming out. And Justin uh, Fashnow, the first openly gay football player, who, um, yeah, sadly um, took his own life after being accused of sexual assault in 98 and fearing that he wouldn't get in a fair trial in America. So that's a real tragic uh, part of the story yeah, here. Wow. Um, Dan continues, it makes Colin's speech in Amsterdam about not wanting to become to come out to be a, sim a symbol extremely pertinent because he absolutely would become uh, one if he came out publicly. There's a constant clamor in the UK gutter press about gay footballers and a headline along the lines of unidentified Premier League star is gay will be published every so often. There was a huge outcry a few years ago when an anonymous Twitter, Twitter account began claiming about a player in the Premier League and had promised to reveal the identity, but then that was deleted. So should Colin come out as a top-level Premier player, his announcement would be front and back page news, and he certainly would be a huge talking point for a while at least. I imagine that could be quite a daunting prospect. He goes on uh, some more statistics and about... Um, uh, homophobic chants being uh, sung in, by fans. And uh, he concludes, I should add that the women's game is far more progressive and there are several top players in England and beyond who are openly gay. Additionally, the show depicted in a lovely fashion, it's like the majority of footballers and those in the game would show nothing but support for anyone uh, coming out, but Colin's fears away from the changing room are very real. Cheers, lads, Dan in Manchester. Thanks, Dan, for this really great email. Um, some really good information. He backs up a bunch of his stuff with uh, various quotes, news or uh, links to various articles and Wikipedia articles and stuff. So I think it's really tragic in a way that there are not what there's only five openly gay yeah, players yeah, it's and crazy. a bunch of them are retired. 
That's yeah. madness. And that's in the whole of football, right? That's Premier, uh, that's, Premier League football. I, I thought that they said uh, only one is in all in of the football and professional. League. Okay. I think, yeah. So there's only five more openly gay footballers in the whole of football. Whole of football. That's Whereas wild. there's only one in the Premier League. Whew. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, yeah, that would be a huge deal for Colin. And, you know, we can sit, sit here and say it would be a great thing for football. If mm-hmm. Colin was open, it would inspire more people to come out and be able to live their lives more openly. But at the same time, on an individual level, why should he have to be forced into this, you know, role? Right. Just right. because of something he can't control. Why should he have to be the head of a movement instead mm. of just living his life and loving who he wants to love? I mean, I totally get why Colin wouldn't want to come out to everybody. I'm glad he is open with the team now because I think that that's good for him as an individual. But I absolutely don't blame him for wanting to keep it from the public. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Good thing Nate's not still on the team. (laughs) Oh, way now. All right. You you don't don't think, hold on, hold on. You don't think Nate is on board with leaking somebody's sexuality because he was leaking somebody's mental health condition. Not this Nate. Not not the Nate mm. of Nate and Jade. Not nah, not the Nate that we got. To I think now. he'd do it. I don't oh. think he's a change man. Right. Let's right move in. on to Nate. Right in. All right. Next up, Newly Human, uh, who's a Patreon subscriber, uh, posted this message on our Discord. Oh my God! With a Nate hate, John, <laughs> laughing face emoji. <laughs> Rupert is a terrifying man, and Nate cannot become a new, more confident person overnight and stand up to him. Not just yet. His feelings and redemption are all over his face, though he. Uh, though, and he's absolutely getting there. Don't underestimate what 30-odd years of fear and insecurity does, and people-pleasing is a symptom of that. All of season two is surely an example of how growing and improving as a person takes time and is made up of lots of little steps, and poor Nate doesn't even have a Dr. Sharon to help him. I'm going to make something very clear here. (laughs) Feeling bad about doing something terrible does not make what you did less terrible. It's no. not about how the perpetrator feels. It's about how the victim feels. And uh, it's about how, how he makes the people around him feels. You know, the, watching Nate continue to be extremely cruel to his team, you know, just be very cavalier about his cockiness and be very into the wonderkin thing after doing what he did to Ted, I just, I don't care how bad he feels. You know, that doesn't tell me anything about his character other than he's a sad guy. Mm -hmm. I need him to take affirmative steps to fix the harm he did, to heal the bonds that he broke. If I'm going to see any redemption, I've seen none of that. And so that is why, you know, we can call it Nate hate. I just, I'm just over him. You know, I think that he, he has done nothing to make me think he's a better person than he was a season ago. So let's see where the writers go. We've got a, uh, sure. what, three episodes left. Uh, sure. and so we'll, we'll see when we, where we go with it. So, but it'd be very disappointing to me. And I don't think that the writers would do this because I think that they're smarter than this. It'd be very disappointing for me to see him apologize to Ted at the airport in the last episode and have Ted go, well, now you're the helm of Richmond and everything's better. And you know, it, it would right. just be so cheap to me. Right. I, I agree with you on that. Uh, there there needs to be some, there needs something to, to happen. I, I totally agree with that. All right. Next up is Fred, formerly Tabernius on Patreon, on our, uh, not, not Patreon, sorry, on our Discord. And he is a Patreon subscriber. Listening to the recap today, I had a few thoughts. I don't think Nate actually handed, handled Ted and company's appearance at the game that badly. He initially smiled, realized it was a little awkward for a competitor not only to show up, but to point it out to you, and went back to focusing on his job. When seeing the news stories, he smiled again. Rupert's text did draw out a less awesome response, but it also wasn't especially bad. Yeah, please, make sure my competitors can't easily access the grounds to scout us and distract me from doing my job. Best response? No. Pretty reasonable? Yeah, I think so. I read his change in expression as he replied as him going into work mode. Maybe I'm cutting him too much slack, but none of this behavior in the episode felt unreasonable or even mean if viewed without the built up and understandable bleep this guy vibes. Any reactions Mm. before I carry on? He's got a couple more points. I mean, the games are televised. They don't need to go to the game to scout it. It's uh right. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I I don't buy that too much. I don't think mm. it's really a conflict of interest for Ted to go see another team's game. It's and just weird. It wasn't Ted saying, 
hey Nate, what's up? It was his son, a child, waving at him. I don't know. Mm. I did, I don't I didn't get anything weird about what Ted did. Right. I think that you know Ted is fully entitled to go there, and Nate's entitled to go to a Richmond game. Although I wouldn't go near the team. Uh, and, and yeah, I don't know. I don't think he handled it too well. But it was it's one of the less bad things that Nate has done, so I <laughs> right. don't harp on it too much. All right. Uh, Fred continues, Nate and Jade. I didn't read him as specifically creeping prior to them going on a date. It's a restaurant that's important to him and his family. Going there now and again makes sense. Yeah, he was super awkward interacting with her. But unless I'm forgetting a scene, he also never tried to force the conversation into the personal. He awkwardly tried to act cool while getting a table and ordering food. Basically, Nate is a bleephole with a lot of growing up to do, but I also think that he's a bit less vile than he's often described as. The only true vile, truly vile thing that he still needs um, to really deeply atone for is outing Ted's mental health challenges to Trent. That was wrong and terrible, and he needs to go a long way to make up for that. If he can do that, his redemption arc will feel a lot better to me. I might be completely missing something with Jade, though, since I'm a guy. If you did something cre- creepy and I'm forgetting, totally my bad. So basically agreeing with your point there, John, that, that Nate has a major um, act of contrition to perform before uh, we can see his arc complete. Well, and I'll, I'll just take a little bit of issue with saying that's the only thing he really needs to atone for. I mean, when you actually look at his full record under the color of what he did, to Ted, you see, you know, him verbally abusing the team in season one. You see him screaming at Ted right away. You see the way he treats his new team, West Ham. You know, he, in the first episode, we see him really running them ragged and and right. really being pretty cruel of a of a captain of a of a of a manager to them. And yeah, I I don't think Nate's that kind of a guy, especially at work. I I don't you know I I don't want to use the word vile about him, although what he did to Ted was vile. Um. But I, I do think that he is more of a mean-spirited person than you're making him out to be there. I think he's done more mean-spirited things than just the one thing to Ted. Mm. All right. That's where I'm at. Got it. Well, we'll see what happens. We get, we get The writers got, a th- got us three more. Last up is uh, JG3, I think it is. Um, just listen to the episode, uh, f- uh, the podcast for episode eight, couple of reactions to the podcast. First, my laugh out loud moment was when Keely says to Jamie, tell me your password wasn't password. And he says, <laughs> I, saw, I thought I threw them off when I spelled it with two S's. I actually good. horse laughed because that was so in character for him. Yeah, that was a <laughs> yeah. good moment. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And he thought he was being so clever. Uh, I don't think it's possible for Nate to get redemption because him turning uh, Hill was a fairly unexpected move at the end of season two. At least to me, it seemed like they were getting along well, and then all of a sudden he snapped, and I think he left Richmond because he didn't know how to go back and simply apologize because he's not a well-adjusted human. I think that he's learning how to do that this season, and so I can see maybe not necessarily him returning to Richmond, but them coming to some sort of understanding, which is an interesting point. Um, I don't think... Uh, necessarily that Ted is going to go back to Michelle because I think that part of his healing process has been moving on from her. I kind of agree with this take. I think what bothers him is the fact that she's dating the therapist that was supposed to be counseling them. And it feels as if therapist intentionally sabotaged their marriage so he could have Michelle. Right. And now Ted is watching someone who he sees as unethical have an influence on the role of the life of his son. I would not be comfortable with that as his father either. I think, John, these, these sound like things that you have uh, echoed yeah. yourself in conversation. Yeah, it seems like we're pretty pretty in agreement, JG3. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I like that. I The Nate redemption, sure, we can always be better people. And I think Nate is having internal steps towards being less terrible towards the people around him. I've yet to see him turn that into external action, except maybe you can say him refusing the sex workers from Rupert. But uh, I, I'm I'm hoping he turns into a better person because I'd love to see that. I'd love to see yeah. him genuinely be redeemed a little bit. I don't think that we're going to see, like you said, I don't think we're going to see a return to Richmond. I don't think that we're going to see a full healing. But I think maybe what the show is trying to say is it's enough for you to try to be better tomorrow. You don't right. have to fix yourself in a day. Right. Yeah, and that's important, too. Sometimes it takes a while and there's multiple right. steps involved. Right. And sometimes you can't see those until you get one thing uh, done out of the way. So, right. 
All right, John. Uh, <laughs> so much for our short form coverage of uh, Ted Lasso. I know, I but know. hey, it's short for the Lord. Greg Saw is going to make fun of us again. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, by the way, I wanted to mention today. I um, I went online and I found a uh, T-shirt shop somewhere on the internet that sells uh, Richmond posters, and I ordered myself a, a about an eighteen uh-huh. by twenty four size poster for my wall. So it's Very we're not nice. on video here, but I'm going to put it right up over there nice i'm pointing to it yeah so yeah i gotta get more memorabilia up i have more memorabilia not for ted lasso but uh my star wars memorabilia is gonna be great in the background at some point nice yeah yeah i just wanted a simple shield of the of the richmond greyhound so i thought nice. that was cool yeah love it anyway uh we should mention our patreons really quick as we uh wrap up this episode um, I'm going to just give our shout outs really quick and then i'll talk a little bit about the uh patreon subscriptions overall sure Firstly, to Samartian, Cyrus, Mark H., Michael G., Michelle E., David W., Brian P., Nick W., SC, Peter O.H., Bettina W., Adam S., Nancy M., Lavinia T., Duve 71, Brian 8063, Frederick H., Sarah L., Gareth C., Eric F., Matthew M., Sarah M., and DJ Miwa. Thank you all so much, very much, very, very, so very much for your ongoing support as Lore Master Patreons, subscribers. Um, It's really important to us to have uh, all of you. We are on a subscription drive. We really want to break 100 subscribers by the end of July, July 11th being our one-year anniversary, our, our birthday, if you will. Um, and to thank everyone who is a subscriber of any level at the end of July, we're going to be mailing you a sticker in the mail and I'm designing the sticker right now. It's going to be our old school Lorehounds logo with the lion and the the rabbit. And I'm working right now. Marilyn is helping us and she's plugged us into like a whole world of, of, uh, uh, elven scholars, elvish language scholars who are translating a special one year message for us in elvish in and written in so so that we can have that as part of the sticker so it's a unique sticker the only way to get one of these is to be a subscriber by uh at the end of july so uh it's kind of a fun project i'm really excited i'm I'm really excited to show everyone once we get the design once the design's locked in we'll uh we'll show it around um but yeah so if you have been on the fence thinking about subscribing i know i sound like an npr uh, pledge drive right now but really, we do. Would lo- we'd love to have you um, <laughs> to help us break that 100 subscriber mark, and I think that will be a, a major uh, point for us. Uh, that said, sorry, um, John, you got a couple things to tell us about our May upcoming schedule for the rest of May. Yeah, well, speaking of Tolkien theme stuff, at the end of the month, we're going to have a Silmarillion Stories episode with Aaron from the Lore of the Rings podcast. I'm lo- really looking forward to that. We'll be talking of of Eldamar and the Princes of the Edalier. Ed Ooh, that there, there you go. Uh, every week, we're doing Ted Lasso, Barry, and White House Plumbers. So get your That's HBO on, and you can <laughs> you can uh, join us for some some acting classes from a serial killer and some uh, Water ha- Watergate hijinks and one more plug for us the mc universe podcast is coming back and i'm on it this time how exciting we're going to be talking about the guardians of the galaxy volume three uh we're going to be recapping the movie discussing our thoughts on it it's going to be you david me jean and alicia uh who has been a regular contributor for us and if you want more alicia She's got a Silo podcast. Silo is a new show, a science fiction show on Apple TV Plus. It is really great. I was watching it and I am enamored with it. I wish we Mm. were covering it. We're out of time. But Alicia's got a great podcast on it. I've been writing into it. Because oh, I, nice. <laughs> Good job. Good job. I'm and in. we set up a Discord uh, channel for her on our server as well. And fingers crossed she's going to invite us over maybe for some chit chats on, on her podcast. So Right. Yeah, so that's called Wool Shift Dust. You can look that up on your Apple Podcast app or wherever else. Uh, we'll also put a link to that in the show notes awesome. on Podbean. Yeah, so David, we've got a lot coming this month. We've got more coming next month. I'm excited to keep talking TV with you, and we'll see you next week. The Lorehounds Podcast is produced and published by The Lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com slash contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds podcasts at patreon.com slash the Lorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. Thanks for listening.
A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. 